Well, good morning, Mosaic. We're really glad that you're here with us this morning. It is uh, it's great to see all of you. If we haven't met, my name is Kurt, uh, the pastor here at Mosaic, and we trust that you just being here this morning um, will feel a little more centered uh, than when you came in. I don't know about you, I, I stand there at the back oftentimes, and I, I watch us sing, and um, I wish I could hear us sing more, but when you're standing at the back, all you really hear is yourself. But I, uh, I watch us sing, and I look over us as a community, and I know I feel it myself, um, and I'm sure many of you feel it. Uh, you walk in here, and uh, you just feel like you're pulled in all kinds of different directions, right? Life, life does that to us. Um, all week long, you're, you're feeling yourself pulled to this, pulled to that. I have to tend to this. I have to take care of this. Um, and then I got to look good doing it all, right? I got to look good like I got it all together. Um, and it's hard. It's hard to truly experience rest when you, when you feel pulled in all these different directions. And one of our practices here at Mosaic is the practice of rest and so when we come together on a Sunday morning, it's a perfect opportunity for us to, uh, to just rest together and say, you know, we're just going to kind of lay all of those other distractions aside right now, all of those things that are pulling to us, and they don't, they don't need to be important right now. And I don't know about you, I'm actually discovering that um, more than rest, what my life needs, and I think probably what your life needs, is wholeness more than rest. Um, because wholeness is a place where you can, you can live from a place um, and not feel like all of those things pulling at you have this control over you, right? Uh, and so that's our hope this morning, is that as we gather as a church, that you would rest, um, but rest to a place of wholeness, um, and that you would sense somehow deep down in your being, in your soul, um, that you're kind of being put back together, complete, right? And, and all of those little things that claw at us and keep pulling at us and keep distracting us, um, they'll be there when we leave. Um, but living from a place of wholeness where we can step into those and say, you know, maybe they don't quite have their claws in me as deep as they did when I came in here this morning. So, because especially, we, we live in a world where we, we really value success, right? Productivity. Um, we hope you learned something um, about someone sitting next to you, maybe an accomplishment in their life. Accomplishments are great. Um, we love seeing our, our kids. If you're a parent, you love seeing a kid grow and accomplish things and learn things. Um, as we kind of approach young adulthood, you love to see kind of those accomplishments um, keep mounting up. But at the same time, a lot of times accomplishments are, are really hard to come by. Um, oftentimes then when we get into life, we realize that some of our accomplishments, although on the surface appear like they are accomplishments, under the surface we feel like along that path, pieces of us kind of just died and fell off along the way, right? That's why Jesus said, um, what good is it for a man to gain the whole world, right, but forfeit his soul? Um, and so this morning, as, as we continue moving forward as a church 
talking about where are we going, where are we headed, what do we hope to accomplish, what do we hope to do, we're going to wrestle with this tension of success and accomplishments and moving forward, um, but doing that from a path um, of weakness, and, and what I mean by this is it's the path of weakness that Jesus calls us to. It's a powerful path of weakness, right? Do you see what I did there, right? Powerful path of weakness that Jesus calls us to. Um, and the reason the path is powerful is because as we do things, as we seek to accomplish things, we're actually going to stop and ask the question, okay, as we do these things, as we seek to accomplish these things, are these things actually fruitful, Are these things actually fruitful? Because it's possible to accomplish all kinds of things in our life, right? We can seek all kinds of accomplishments, do all kinds of wonderful things, but is it actually really fruitful to my soul? Is it fruitful to the soul of people around me? Is it fruitful to my family, to my church community, to the greater community around me? Or is it just a pursuit of individual success? So we're going to wrestle with that tension of what does it mean to be a church This community of individuals moving forward together, following Jesus on a powerful path of weakness. But the reason that path of weakness is so powerful is because we're going to stop and ask the question, is it fruitful, not just is it successful? Mosaic, here's something I want us to um, really let it soak in this morning. It's on your handout. It'll be up here on the screen. Within the future of us, Mosaic, within the future of Mosaic, the most important thing about us isn't what we will do or even what we will accomplish, but it's who we are. Who are we along the way? Who are we becoming along the way? Now, this causes a great tension because we live in a culture that places high value on productivity, popularity, and power, right? So the most important thing isn't what we accomplish or what we do, but who we are. Now, let's just kind of just think a little bit about why this is so important in our world today. So we live in the midst of, of a lot of tension right now, especially with another election coming up before us, right? November 6th, everyone's talking about it, right? Right? Now, let's just kind of lay aside any partisan discussion here, but we hear all kinds of things about, you know, blue waves, red waves, and, you know, kind of taking back control, all of these things. And in the midst of all of this, we live in a day and age. We live in a day and age where somehow we feel like we win if we can bombard people with arguments and facts that prove our side. But neuroscience actually tells us, it actually tells us that bombarding people with facts and arguments will only push them away. And so it's possible to win all kinds of arguments. It's possible to bombard people with all kinds of facts from our perspective and how we see things and feel like we're doing something, feel like we're winning, but along the way there's very little fruitful thing, things that are happening. Because in, in bombarding people with just arguments and facts, we're actually pushing them away. 
Now let's contrast that with drawing people in and sharing tables together, which is one of our practices as a community. That says, These are one of the things that we want to elevate and say this is priority. Sharing tables with people who are different than us. Creating space for people to come together who are different, who think differently about things, and creating that space to say, what might we cultivate together again? Now, you can do that sort of thing, and in some ways it feels like things aren't happening as fast as we would like to, right? We're not really going to convince anybody of anything just by sharing a table with them. We're not necessarily going to win them over right away. And so it appears that, well, that's not really all that productive and successful, but it's incredibly fruitful because neuroscience also tells us that when we exercise empathy towards other people, we actually draw them in. And so do you notice what's happening? Even though, even though that practice of just sharing tables doesn't appear to be all that productive and successful, it's actually very fruitful. That's the powerful path of weakness that as a church, we're exploring these these practices that we're on together. This is why being a community that says, no, we're going to actually rest and step away from all of the things that are like clawing at us and pulling us in all kinds of different directions, and we're going to come together and just rest together, and we're going to listen for God's presence, and we're going to experience wholeness, right? Yeah, but there's so many things that we need to do. There's so many things that we need to accomplish. There's all of these these task lists before us. But the most fruitful thing that we can do is be a community that learns how to rest, how to step into wholeness. So within the future of Mosaic, the most important thing about us isn't what we do or accomplish, but who we are, but who we are. And Jesus calls us down this this path of weakness, this powerful path of weakness, because it's a fruitful, fruitful, fruitful path. And in the midst of that, Um, It's a path, really, of just kind of seeing things kind of just die and be shed from us. Um, How many of you enjoyed beautiful time this week in Nebraska weather out in the beautiful fall, right? I was taking a walk, and I I was outside and just kind of stopped for a moment, and the sky was bright blue and the leaves changing colors, and it was just this moment where you stop and you consider what's happening in front of you in this fall season, And in the midst of this fall season, you have these leaves that are undergoing a death, right? I mean, there's nothing productive happening here in the growth of this leaf. But what this leaf is doing is actually bearing great fruit for you and I because we engage in watching the beauty of something undergo this this process of dying, right? A leaf never, never says to you, hey, what's in this for me? It's simply there for you to, to gaze upon its beauty and take it in. And, and guys, that's, that's our desire as a community, that people would actually interact with Mosaic, that they would see us as individuals, but then also see us as a community, whether it's in a large group community like this, or whether it's in some of our Mosaic groups that meet in various expressions. But when they interact with us, much like looking at this scene here, where they would just look at it and say, what is it about this group of people? There's something different going on here. It's not about them making a name for themselves. It's not about them getting things done or accomplishing these great things that they've set out to do. 
but it's about them actually being something in the world, being a kind of way in the world. And people would see this and they'd be drawn to it. What I want us to do this morning is just kind of look and see as we walk through a little bit of scripture here, how God calls his people onto this powerful path of weakness. And again, it's a powerful path of weakness because it's a fruitful path. So Genesis chapter 12, verse 1, and God now is beginning to work with one individual. He's going to call Abram, and this is what he says to Abram. The Lord has said to Abram, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land that I will show you. So there's a whole lot going on in this one little statement right here. You have Abram who is just kind of living in this this cyclical pattern of history where things just always were the same. He did what his father did, and he did, his father did what his father did. But God steps into Abram's life and says, Abram, I'm going to take you from your father's household. I'm going to take you from all of these patterns that you're used to, and I'm going to introduce you to something new. And not only that, but I'm going to pull you from the land that you know to a land that I will show you, not to a land that you can predict, Not to a land that you can control, but to a land that I will show you. And another thing that's going on in the midst of this passage, when God says to Abram, go from your country. In the the Hebrew language right there, go from or go forth, um, it's these two little Hebrew words, lech lecha. It's good throat stuff going on there. And you could actually translate that Um, kind of go to yourself. In other words, this is a journey that I'm going to bring you on where you're going to go to your future self. This is the true you out there. You've been living from this false you. You've been living from from this way of life that your culture has shaped you, from the way that broken systems around you have shaped you. But I'm going to bring you on this journey now to a land that I will show you, and you're going to go to your true self, who I've created you to be, a blessing to the world. And so God takes Abram and pulls him from everything he knows, and he takes him on this incredibly powerful path of weakness, where Abram loses control over everything. Abram struggles in many ways trusting God, right? Eventually, God brings him to Egypt. There's a famine in the land there. He's concerned about um, the Egyptian rulers that are there. And at one point in time, Abram says to his wife, Sarah, like, hey, tell them you're my sister because if if they find out that you're my wife, they're going to kill me, right? And so even in the midst of this beginning journey, Abram is wrestling with, can I really trust God? But God's bringing him on this, this path of weakness because God is going to do something there. And this continues on, not just with Abram, but with God's people. And then the Apostle Paul, as now Jesus comes and Jesus is putting together a new community, a community that you and I are a part of. The Apostle Paul in Philippians chapter 3, verse 12, he uses language like this, not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Jesus is taking a hold of each of us saying, come on, let's move forward. Let's move forward along this powerful path of weakness, this fruitful path of weakness. 
Paul, writing to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 11.1, 1, he could say this, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Earlier in that letter, chapter 2, verse 3, Paul says, I came to you in weakness with great fear and trembling. I came to you in weakness with great fear and trembling. So here's the deal, Mosaic. Maybe right now you're feeling like you're weak on a certain path, right? Maybe you're feeling like the cards are stacked up against you. It's that path of weakness that actually a lot of power is there because that's where fruit is going to be born in your life. That's where you're going to have the opportunity to bear fruit for the world around you. Paul is inviting us, come on, follow me. I'm following this path, this example of Jesus, this path of weakness that he walked, and come follow me. And so this morning, we want to simply pause and say, let's consider the three directions that this path of weakness, God's path, that this path has traveled in. Three different directions. First and foremost, Mosaic, um, the first direction, it's an inward journey. It's an inward journey toward healing into brokenness and woundedness. Many of us here, right, from the moment we're born, we know what it's like to step into the world and experience brokenness around us. We know what it's like to be a part of that brokenness and add to it. We know what it's like to be wounded by others, even sometimes the people who are closest to us. Maybe some of the people closest to us, they were longing for success and accomplishments. And along the way, they weren't bearing fruit. And so we were kind of the collateral damage on the side, right? As they chased whatever they were looking for. Maybe some of us are about that very thing now where we're seeking some type of accomplishment, some type of goal, and we're not even aware of how we're wounding the people right near us. And so this path of weakness, we travel it in this direction of going inward toward healing into broken, brokenness and woundedness. I was struck, and I hope you were struck too, as we um, were interacting with our mosaic stories, the videos, the stories that we showed you um, over a number of weeks as we gathered um, throughout September and early October. And did you notice how in each of those stories, there was some aspect of brokenness or woundedness that was present there? Like, that, that's, a, that's a vital part of how God works in our stories. And so that's why when we talk about being a community that wants to lean into each other's stories, creating safe spaces, we want to create safe spaces where we can truly be vulnerable with one another and lean into that brokenness and woundedness because those are the places that God works. Each story was captivating as it was told because it it told a story of brokenness and woundedness. So guys, we go inward. We go inward together. Um, The second direction, we go upward. It's an upward journey toward union with Jesus through struggle and suffering. And so to, to experience the union with Christ that our lives were meant to experience, we have to go through a struggle We have to go through some type of suffering. Consider this. Maybe you have some outdoor furniture. And have you ever gone and, like, you know, the rains come down? And you know how kind of cushions and outdoor furniture, they can just kind of collect the water, right? What happens when you go and you sit down on that cushion? You press on it, and, oh, my goodness, like, you've got a wet butt, right? I mean, it just presses it out. Guys, that concept is is, the very concept that works in our lives, guys. 
that as things are pressing against us, as difficult as it is, and some of us were feeling that pressure, we wake up to it every morning, and there's that pressure that's there. But through that struggle and suffering, if we're willing to stick with it, that's an upward journey where somehow we're finding, wait a minute, I can experience a union with Christ in the midst of this, that as there's this pressure put against me, maybe there's things in my life that need to be pushed out. Maybe there's certain attitudes that need to be dealt with. Maybe there's certain behaviors that I need to lay to the side. Maybe there's certain desires in my life. And desires, it's hard because sometimes, you know, all of our desires, our little D desires, they have a way of getting into the way of like, the big D of desire. And and guys, the desire of every soul is to experience union with God. That's, That's the biggest desire of each and every heart. But the problem is we have all of these other little desires that get in the way. And so as we go through the struggle and the suffering, sometimes all of those little desires, those, those little D desires that we've elevated to prominence, they're dealt with and they're kind of pushed out. And as a result, we get to truly experience, wait a minute, my life really flows from union with Christ. That's what my life is all about. So it's an upward journey through struggle and suffering. The third direction, Mosaic, is this. Uh, It's an outward journey toward mission with Jesus, marked by communal weakness and emptying of power. It's an outward journey toward mission with Jesus, marked by communal weakness and emptying of power. Now, let's just get really practical for a minute. This is perhaps the most pressing question for what the church in North America is going to be in the coming decades. Are we going to continue to engage in power plays around us? Or are we going to empty ourselves of power and truly live another way? Are we going to allow God to show us another way of living, another land, much like God wanted to show Abram? I'm going to show you a land that that I'm going to bring you there, Abram. And and you're going to trust me along the way. Consider the ways that Jesus sent out his disciples, right? Jesus comes and he, and he, he starts proclaiming this kingdom of God that is somehow now present and at work because he's on the scene. And Jesus sends his disciples out and he sends them out with no money in their pocket. He says, take nothing with you. Just go. Just go. Proclaim. Heal. Bless. Now, if we really sit with that and consider then what does it mean for us to be the people of God as we think about how we express ourselves as a community, we have to consider some things. When we show up in any environment, whether as individuals or in some type of communal gathering, when we show up, do we show up in some source of, uh, of kind of some, some way of power, some show of power? We're going to control this thing. We're going to bring about the desires that we want. Or do we show up saying, I'm here to serve. I'm here to empathize. I'm here to listen. I'm here to, uh, and by listening and by empathizing, perhaps um, we can begin to speak into each other's lives and receive things in a new kind of way. I was amazed as we, um, I was driving with a friend on, uh, Earlier this week, we were on a long journey together, and um, we went by 
uh, on the highway. It was in Wisconsin. It's not around here. And I want to be very careful when I say this, but a beautiful, you could tell it was a brand new church facility. Beautiful. And what struck me is as you're on the highway, there was like, I forget what it was called, but it was like Kids Playland or something like that. And like the whole wall of the facility was all glass. And you could tell as you looked in, like, okay, there's, there's some strategy going on here because as you drove by and looked in, I mean, it was like a water park on the inside. I mean, what kid wouldn't want to like, if I'm going to church, I want to go there, mom and dad, right? And it was just this, I mean, you drove by, it was just this, this monstrosity of a facility right there on the highway. Now, again, I want to be very careful when I say this because there's good things that can happen there. But yet at the same time, we have to consider what does it mean for us to organize ourselves as a community and go out and be the people of God in the world? Are we willing to empty ourselves of all shows of power? Are we willing to empty ourselves and say, I don't have to be in control of this environment? In fact, actually, I can step out. I can step out into an environment where I have little control, but I can listen and I can empathize and I can just be present here. And in the midst of it, I can proclaim that Jesus is here and I can bless people and I can be blessed too. So Mosaic, it's important for us to ask the question as we move forward, what does it mean for us to be successful, but successful in a fruitful kind of way? I want to wrap up with this um, quote from Henry Nouwen, um, the Dutch priest, who his writings have influenced so many people. And he wrestles with this tension of successful versus fruitful. He says, there is a great difference between successfulness and fruitfulness. Success comes from power, control, and respectability. A successful person has the energy to create something, to keep control over its development, and to make it available in large quantities. Success brings many rewards and often fame. Fruitfulness, however, comes from weakness, faithfulness, and vulnerability. And fruits are unique. Community is the fruit born through shared weakness. Meaningful presence in the neighborhood comes through a long faithfulness, and experiencing the surprise of the Spirit comes through our vulnerability. Let's remind one another what brings us true joy is not successfulness, but fruitfulness. So Mosaic, whatever you're facing right now, whatever path that you're walking Whatever way you're feeling pressed, you're feeling the struggle, you're feeling weak, the most important thing is not what you accomplish or what you do in that. The most important thing is how you walk that path. Will you allow it to be a fruitful path as you trust God along that process, as you don't need to control the outcome, as you get to step in and say, what does it mean to trust like Jesus in the midst of this journey? What does it mean to bless like Jesus in the midst of this journey? What does it mean to empty myself of power in the midst of this journey? And so Mosaic, this is the beautiful opportunity for us as a church to, um, in a world where everything is about ascending, right? Everything is about ascending, accomplishing, producing, bringing about results. In a world of ascending, we get to be a church that descends into these practices that Jesus laid out for us. 
And so for one final time, although you'll hear us say this over and over again as we move forward into the future together, we are going to descend as a community. We are a community following Jesus in practicing rhythms of grace. That's what these, these rhythms of grace that Jesus laid out for us. We have to descend into these. And it will feel like operating from a weak place, but yet it's a fruitful place. We're going to descend into those practices together. Because that's who we are. That's who Jesus is calling us to be. We exist. We exist to come together as a people unencumbered by the cultural and religious expectations of our time. In Mosaic, instead, we get to focus on extending, receiving the grace of God together. That we receive it, and then we extend it one to another in each and every person that we meet along the way. We hope to cultivate safe spaces within our church family, our neighborhoods, and our shared networks where people can lean into each other's stories and experience the restoration of Jesus together. And I love watching that happen around Mosaic. I love the way it happens sometimes with two or three individuals just grabbing and having coffee together, engaging in some activity that they enjoy, going to a ball game together. I love it when a Mosaic group comes together and shares a meal together. It says, let's just simply listen to what's going on in each other's lives. Let's open up some scripture and listen what God is doing there and how he's speaking to us. I love it when I see groups wrestle with what does it mean for us to go out and in some kind of you know, way where we don't need to be seen, how can we bless other people? How can we step in and celebrate what's happening in somebody else's lives? In Mosaic, as we go, we will listen, learn, and recognize what God's Spirit is doing among us, living out our shared and individual callings, one step at a time. That's it. It's the powerful path of weakness because it's a fruitful path, Mosaic. It's a fruitful path. It's where God is working. And so we want to invite you, if you haven't yet, if you're here and you're saying, yeah, I'm ready to lean into this movement. I want to keep moving forward together. Mosaic is my, it's my tribe. It's my family. It's my church. We want you, we're asking you, would you just let us know? You can visit this website right here if you would do that today. Just let us know. And you're simply going to say, yeah, I'm, I'm on board. This is my church. But if you're at that place where you're like, you know, I, I don't know if I'm ready to fully invest in the movement yet. We celebrate you even if you're here and you say, I'm not quite ready to lean in in that way. I just need more time to be present here. I just want to hang out on the fringes a little bit. We welcome your presence here on the fringes. Hang out with us. Keep looking in. See what we're all about. Keep experiencing the community here. Whatever it is, wherever you find yourself, we celebrate that in you. And God celebrates that in you. In Mosaic now, as we wrap up, I want to invite Landon and Aaron and Darren back up here, and as they come back up here to lead us in this last song, uh, I want to invite you to bring your weakness with you um, as you approach these tables up here. Just, just stop and ask the question, what, what, is, what is the path of weakness that you're walking right now? What is it that can just eat away at your soul, that just that trickle of anxiety that goes through your mind, that thing that when you wake up and say, I have to face this again, really? This is here before me. Like, just bring that, bring that weakness to this table. And as you come forward, may you be reminded that you would hear Jesus saying to you, the most important thing is not what you do or how you, how you beat this or how you accomplish whatever you hope to accomplish. 
The most important thing is that as you walk this path, that you would experience wholeness, that you would experience trust, that you would believe that Jesus is with you, walking that path with you. Uh, because that, that's where the fruit is born, Mosaic. That's where the real transformation happens. So that, that's the kind of people that we're going to be, right? Not saying, hey, we have to go out and accomplish this or do this, but we're, but we're going to be this. We're going to be this and trust that as we be this, God will accomplish in the world what he wishes to accomplish. God is going to accomplish in your life, in my life, what he's going to accomplish. Uh, and we get to trust and go along on that journey. So when Jesus was with his disciples, he took the bread, he broke it, he gave thanks. He said, this is my body, which is given for you. Take and eat it. You have a part in all that Jesus is doing in rescuing and saving and putting this broken world back together again. You are welcome into it just as you are. Jesus, at the end of the meal, took a cup. He said, this cup represents the new covenant in my blood, which is for you. Take and drink it. God's going to give you his spirit. He's going to take your heart of stone and make it beat. It's going to become a heart of flesh, and you're going to become responsive to who God is and what he desires to do in your life. So, so bring, bring your weakness, whatever it is this morning. Call it out. Name it. Name it. What is, what is your weakness right now? But as you come forward with that weakness, just allow yourself to be reminded, you don't have to beat this. You don't have to accomplish something. You don't have to do anything about this. You're just going to be someone who trusts God in this process, that, that he's going to show you a way to live through that. And he's going to show you how to bear fruit as you walk that path. So let me pray for us. God, thank you so much for this day, for this opportunity to be together. And uh, we trust you in this moment. We trust that you're here. And we trust in some way that we can't explain that, that you're going to do um, so good, necessary work in the deepest part of our beings. So we welcome that now. We pray this in your name. Amen.